Baylor lost again. This is Locked On Baylor Post Game. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for joining another episode of Locked On Baylor Lost Post Game. I'm Rose Camp Stewart. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first visit today and every day for all your Baylor athletics news. I was just thinking right now, like I have to, I have to tally out the record of what <laughs> what Baylor's record is in all sports when I do a post game show. They've probably won like one game. Like I, I actually, I can't even think of it. I'm just assuming it was one. Oh, well, I did two for football. I guess I had UCF and Cincinnati. I don't know if I've had a basketball win yet with a true post-game show. Anyway, Baylor loses 78-70 to Duke in a game they absolutely could have won. Uh, and that's that's what sucked. I mean, Saturday was an abomination. It was an embarrassment. And I can't I can't sit here and say this is an embarrassment, but you should have won the game. And at some point, we got to start winning these games, man. Because all of those trolls who just said Baylor hadn't played anybody yet, they're freaking right right now. Like this, this was a, a much better effort tonight, and I saw some good flashes, but it wasn't good enough, man. If this team is as good as most of us think they are, then they're better than Duke. And they're better than Michigan State. And you just lost to both of them. We're sitting here joking a week ago that these two teams are going to wreck your RPI because they're supposed to be top 10 teams when you face them, and they're not, and they both beat you. I expect a much bigger drop in the rankings this week unless the committee really values a winless Mississippi Valley State team, and hopefully Baylor can come out with a win there. And I, I don't feel as bad as I did Saturday about this team's prospects, but... When are we going to win these games, man? <laughs> I know it's only two, but if we're supposed to be the serious basketball program we're talking about, you got to start winning these games. Like, you've had some tune-ups, great, but you have no quality wins going into the Big 12 season. Although I didn't check to see if Seton Hall held on to beat UConn tonight. Uh, they were up double digits in the second half, but Baylor threw this one away. No disrespect to Duke. Duke played really well, man, but Baylor threw this one away, in my opinion. I think they had a couple of chances at the kill shot in the second half with under 10 minutes to go, and they didn't do it. And they didn't do it. They started throwing the ball around. They started playing hero ball, and they just let it slip right through their fingers. I'm going to go through some of the stats here, but if you might have seen on Twitter, this is the worst stat cast I've ever seen because not one logo is right. So... Everything that says Baylor is actually Duke and vice versa. So I'm going to try to follow along. I really am. But if I slip up and correct myself, please just bear with me. Have some patience here. Uh, rebounding. Baylor ends up winning the rebounding battle, which did not look like that's what was going to happen uh, early on. They end up winning it 30 to 29. So big, win, big win there. Uh, the bench points got better. That's something I said to look out for. Um, in these neutral site games that are actually road games for Baylor, uh, Baylor outscored the bench 13 to 13 to four. They led that. In fact, Duke only played seven guys tonight. 
seven. And yet they were the better conditioned team. They were the team that was more ready to play. They were the team that finished. This team that only goes through Filipowski, can't move the ball without the point guard, only has seven guys in the rotation and can't finish games. They finished the game. They were better conditioned than you. Um, <laughs> Jared McCain has an awesome game. Jeremy Roach, who fills in at point guard, plays all 40 minutes and is probably the best player that they have tonight. Filipowski goes only 5 of 14, and still, all of those things, standing there, Duke still wins the game. There was just too much that played into Baylor's hands to, for me to be like, oh, great, moral victory. We'll get them the next time. No, this is upsetting. This stinks. I'm not saying they're, they're going to go 500 in the conference or anything, but this sucked tonight. It did, man. It, Baylor should have won this game. And they lose the turnover battle again. 14 turnovers. Which I said, if you have 20 against Duke, you're not going to win. If you have 15 against Duke, you're not going to win. Well, they only have 14. And that's because a team with their backup point guard in there only had eight. Just... Again, not terrible all the way around, but I'm looking at Ray J. Dennis, man. He makes some great shots. 7 of 15 from the floor. Four assists. Six turnovers. Again, man, what, this is not the Mac, bro. You can't, you can't take over these games in the second half and take every shot. It's just going to end up with you throwing the ball around, man. And that's what keeps happening. In big games and small games, he's five-plus turnovers. And more turnovers than assists tonight. Good golly, Miss Molly. Let's see what you guys have for comments. I got to keep this one somewhat quick because I got to record tomorrow's episode right after this because I have a flight. I got to leave for at four in the morning. Bear the truth. Given some truth here. They came out soft and slow, continuing to get beat off the dribble from the top of the key, similar to what happened in Michigan State. Exactly right, man. I couldn't believe how many times they got beat off the ball. And it was Jacoby Walter so much. It was He looked like a freshman for the first time tonight. It was not his game. I, I mean, I don't know if the kid was playing hurt or sick or what, but everyone was beating him off the dribble. I know he can't be that slow or, or that not quick because he was just getting beat there all night, man. And even in the second half, he wasn't getting the benefit of the doubt when uh, that fourth foul I thought was a little chintzy, but again, he was beat off the dribble. And I said this on Twitter, I mean, it wasn't even like a series of screens or pick and rolls or even guys with great juke moves. They were just beating them. They were just quicker than them. Duke was just taking it right to the hole. They'd space it out and they'll say, I'll go one-on-one, -on -one, maybe one-on-two. These guys can't stop me. They can't catch up. And I thought the middle, middle eight of that game and maybe even further in the second half, I thought they really adjusted well defensively. And then it breaks down again at the end of the game, getting beat off the dribble or leaving guys open on that elbow for three. It it just, it started to happen again with like eight minutes left in the game. They, they showed some promise, but 
I can't keep sitting here every game and say, well, they showed some flashes defensively. I need a 40-minute defensive performance. This was the night for the taking. If you told me Filipowski is going to shoot, what, 4 of 15 or whatever it was, and they're not going to have their starting point guard in there, I'm saying Baylor has to win that game, and they have to impress me defensively. They didn't do either of those things. Oh, just awful at times. And once again, the refs also spotted Duke about six points. I I, I didn't want to make this about the refs, and overall it's not, but... I tried to stop thinking about it till like six minutes left of the game, but that was a putrid officiating performance, man. I'm I'm sorry. I, I hate throwing it out there like that, but it, it wasn't even putrid for both sides. It was it was completely tilted in one direction. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. That play where Jalen Bridges gets the alley oop layup that he can't dunk because he's being freaking undercut and there's no call. Like, do you know how dangerous that is? That should be a flagrant no matter what. If you're hitting a guy who is whose knees are at your head and he's in the air, not even, not even a regular foul call. Like that stuff is dangerous, man. That was that was a it was. It was a terrible performance by the, the officiating. They should be embarrassed. It's not the reason Baylor lost the game, but that doesn't change that fact. It was it was terrible. Jacob, thank you. You're giving me the news here. Seton Hall did beat UConn by a lot. So finally, Baylor does have a quality win. And Auburn's pretty decent, too. Uh, but yeah, Scotty B, refs were questionable on both sides. They need to go to JUCO or D2, D3 to ref some games. I mean, it, it's true. It, and again, it, it's not the only factor in Baylor losing. But this, this felt like a time machine tonight. Not only was the game very similar to 2010 and that Elite Eight game and how the trends went and how that how that game finished, but this felt like a Duke team from 2010 or that era. They're annoying as holy hell. They get all the breaks. They get the calls, but then they also finish. And that's what Baylor doesn't do. And that just, that felt like a fever dream nightmare of, oh my, we're back in 2010, 2011 again. Duke's going to get all the calls. It's 80% Duke fans at Madison Square Garden. And they're going to hit the dagger threes, even though they are not a very good three-point shooting team. They're okay. But that's what it felt like. And Lord help us all if we're back in that era, man. I mean, we're not going to have much of a chance. Bear the truth. Cam, Duke is a three-loss veteran team. Let's give our boys a little bit of time as they're a young team with a lot of new parts. I think we're seeing improvements overall. <sighs> yeah, it's a veteran Duke team. Sure is. I mean, they lost to to Georgia Tech and, and Arkansas, but sure, they've got guys who have played there a while. Sick. I just, I don't want to keep making excuses for this, man. And sure, in the long run, this will probably be good for, for Baylor. But win the game. Win the game, man. I, yeah, I mean, this is a way to point it out, Scotty. Duke had 13 more free throws. And yes, there was some fouling at the end, but not not as much as you might have expected. So, uh, that was that was damning. Eve is an absolute dog. Shouldn't come off the floor. Yeah, let's let's highlight Eve Meesey, man. He was he was awesome tonight. 
I can't I can't say a bad word about him. I, I didn't think he put a foot wrong tonight, genuinely. Um now, now these ESPN broadcasters who don't watch a second of Baylor basketball, they're gonna know who Eve Misi is now. They have to. I mean, he just showed up and showed out and had Filipowski in hell for a good stretch of that game, by the way. Like the 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 offensive numbers were great. For him, I mean, 11 points and and the way he played offensively. But he was a dog there on the defensive end, man. Absolutely. Not even just the five block shots, but oh yeah, five block shots. I said this when he went down with the neck injury, which he did come back in the game. But I said, Duke's just got to feed Filipowski now. Josh O can't cover him. Jalen Bridges can't cover him. Caleb Lohner can't cover him. Eve Misi could. The, your 18-year-old is the one that stepped up physically. And just had him in a blender. I, I mean, Filipowski has got some great moves. He's an excellent cutter. He could not do it against Steve Meese. But you got you got more of that. You got more of the other guys covering him than than Eve Meese covering him. Scotty says maybe put Caleb in at center in place of Eve instead of Josh. Interesting. I I don't. Hmm. I, that is interesting. Because Caleb Lohner's been just okay this year. By the way, I never want to see him take a three again. I don't care how open he is. I don't care if there is no one within the same county as him. Don't stop it. Stop it. This is a tie game in the final 10 minutes at Madison Square Garden against Duke. You are in a dogfight, and I've got Caleb Lohner shooting threes. Can't have that. Can't have that. So he's been okay this year. Um, I've been a little disappointed with Ojan Muna so far. Um, I, I kind of did a call to action in yesterday's show about, or today's show, I should say, about like being a physical guy, and that's what he would need against Filipowski. And he didn't do enough of that tonight. Didn't do enough of that tonight. Beefy says, really bad scheduling. All the rest between two huge matchups. Ugh. Yeah, it, I'll give benefit of the doubt. It's not easy to schedule this time of year because... You've got teams coming off of holiday or Thanksgiving holiday tournaments, and then they're about to go into the actual holidays and, and Christmas. And so they, those teams always want a few tune-up games in between. But yeah, I mean, Scott Drew, I, I think, did this very much on purpose to see where his team was at before the conference schedule. He always, he always schedules tough. But he was saying, I'm going to have two games. That's going to be two road games against top 10 teams preseason, and we're going to see where we're at. And sure, there's more positives to take from this game, but you lost both. You lost both. So again, I mean, we're talking about, we are talking about like the upper level of expectations now for Baylor, like final four national championship. So is this loss going to sink them? No, but we need to hold them to a higher standard if if that's what they're proving to us year in, year out, that they are an elite team or that they bring in all these elite players and, and it's supposed to come together. We need to hold them to a higher standard. I'm sorry. We just do. <sighs> Scotty says the Duke big sets uh, Filipowski will prepare for Dickinson from Kansas. Yeah. Yep. And we know after tonight, Eve Misi can cover him. Not to say Dickinson can't have a good game. But he's not going to beat you all by himself. And Eve Misi can can cover him. Um, we'll just we need to see with these other centers, man. 
mean, Josh O has been a little underwhelming on both sides of the court, uh, but I really liked his game last year. Uh, he was just raw. I, I do expect him to get better during this season. I hope it's in time for those Kansas games because he could be like Eve Misi. I mean, there's no reason with his athleticism that he shouldn't be, but we'll see. Uh, M. Swanso, do you think Baylor is a good basketball team? Yes, I do. I do think he's, they're a good basketball team. But I'm struggling to say great. I can't, I can't say great right now. I know what this team is capable of, but I can't say great. They, they've played two nailed-on tournament teams, and they've lost both. I, I can't say great. But yes, they're a good basketball team, and they will figure it out, quote-unquote figure it out. But again, it was the same thing we said last year. They'll figure it out. And to some degree, they did. But it just ended up not being the team we thought it was going to be. So last year, I I and many other people thought before the season, because they were number five in the nation, that this was a Final Four caliber team. And then they lost some non-conference games. They lost their first three Big 12 games. And then they figured it out. But they never got to that level again. And... I don't think many of us were surprised to see them go out in, in the second round last year. So that's what I'm wondering. It, is it going to figure it out to the point where we believe this team is a Final Four team again? And most of you probably do still think that, but I, I just can't think that yet. I, I got to see it proven. I've got to see I've got to see it in, in the scorebook, man. Scotty, John hasn't been the same since pre-injury. Oh boy, you're right, man. You're right. And it's sad. I mean, I... I didn't even mention him with those centers, Jonathan Chamuchachua. I we can't blame him, man. It's just, it's tough to watch. Um, he's just not the same player. Um, he could still, he's still savvy enough that he gives you some good plays off the ball. And I, I know this is a stretch here, but there were two tonight where um, his just crashing of the boards without a board, like he, he would just drive hard to the net without the ball and cut hard. And that opened up some space for guys. And I'm just wondering if that's what he is, a screener, uh, a guy who can stretch it out a little bit, but you knew when Misi went down and, and it was actually Chamo Chachua was the first one to come into the game at center, that that was just not the matchup for Baylor. It couldn't be. And it wasn't. So, um, yeah, it, it's unfortunate, but I, I don't know if he's part of your top 10 here. They did play 10 guys tonight, and he was one of them, but um, we'll see. And, and on the rotation, too, I'm going to talk about this on tomorrow's episode, but this is as deep a team, talent-wise, I think, as, as, as Scott Drew has ever had at Baylor, but I'm going to be a little cynical here. Is it too deep? Too deep. No, I mean, like, is it is it like in football where... You're shifting guys in on the defensive side six games into the season. You either kind of know your team by the time the conference schedule rolls around or you don't. So obviously you're going to play more guys in the non-con schedule no matter how good the opponents are. But I, I wonder if Baylor could roll with 10, which doesn't include Miro Little, who I don't think played a single second tonight. Uh, D'Antoine Grimes is, is clearly ahead of him in the pecking order. But... Yeah, tough night for Ray J. Dennis and Jacoby Walter, who combined for 32 points. So you look at the points and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, but 10 turnovers between the two of them, 
And both of them didn't have stellar defensive nights, but especially Jacoby getting beaten off the ball. Um, Jaden Nunn. Jaden Nunn, man. I still believe in him. I do. But he is first-year Dale Bonner right now, not second-year Dale Bonner. Four points, 0 of 5 from the floor tonight. Two assists with the turnover. Langston Love, that's another guy you need to be an energy guy and a fill-it-up scoring guy off the bench. You know, not 20, but a guy who can give you 8 or 10. He gives you 8, but it's 3 of 7 shooting. Could have been worse. Not bad. Uh, Josh O, man. Josh O. Zero points, zero of zero from the floor, zero of zero from the free throw line, three personal fouls. Cardio, cardio. There's a good cardio workout for him tonight. Jalen Bridges, I thought, was going to take over this game at certain points, and he didn't. But four of six from the floor. Played some good defense, five rebounds. Played some good defense, just not on Filipowski. That's that's just a matchup too far for him, and I, I can't blame him for that. Uh, but yeah, Eve Misi, man, 11 and 10 with five blocks. That kid's a player. That kid's a player. Baylor goes back at it against Mississippi Valley State on Friday, last game at the Farrell Center for basketball. Um, that's going to be a Baylor victory. And then we'll come back to you after the new year. And Big 12 basketball from the Foster Pavilion. Well, Cornell at the Foster Pavilion. And then Big 12 basketball also at the Foster Pavilion. We're not going to learn too much about this team in the next two games. That's positive. Uh, the only, it, It's a lose-lose. The only thing we can learn from this team in the next couple days uh, or the next couple games is bad things. So I'm, I'm hoping we don't learn that, and I'm, I'm guessing we won't. Um, but... Women's basketball did win. That's pretty good. It was a convincing win. They're really good, man. They're really good. We're going to talk a little bit about them in tomorrow's episode. We're going to do a full breakdown of this game. Thank you guys for joining. We'll have a lot of uh, signing day content or adjacent with the 2024 recruiting class over the next week here. Uh, leave down in the comments below what you thought about this game, what you think Baylor needs to work on going forward, because there is quite a bit that they need to work on. Um, and we will have you for tomorrow's episode, completely breaking this down on Locked on Baylor. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked on College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.